Well, good morning, church. It's good to see you. Thanks for being here. My name's Scott, if we haven't met before. And thank you for uh, pivoting with us. <laughs> the plan originally for our, you know, kind of end of summer celebration was to do an outdoor service. And outside isn't so pleasant right now. So uh, yesterday our staff uh, really did an amazing job. We just said, hey, this isn't going to work to be outside for our one Epic Week service altogether. So let's pivot. And so a team of people, staff and volunteers, kind of worked and kind of made things happen a little bit differently or arranged. We had all this stuff planned for outside, and we just kind of had to move everything around and back together. So um, grateful for the team, for the staff and the, the leaders that did that. But thanks, too, for being here and for worshiping with us. This is a, um, this is a fun service because this is uh, both services combined. This is our church all together, and it's an opportunity for us to worship in one place. Yeah? It's fun to be together in one place. There is beauty in the unity of the body of Christ. And it's not only that we get the 845 service and the 1030 service together, but we also have Cornerstone Church with us as well, which are our African Ministries congregation. Um, they normally meet for their worship in the auditorium during the second hour, but because we're going to have a lunch in the auditorium, they have no place to meet. So I said, come be together with us, and they're really, um, they are a part of who we are, and we're grateful to be a part of who they are, because we're brothers and sisters in Christ, and it's good to be able to worship uh, together in one place at one time. So um, this is a special week because it is marked the end of our One Epic Week, where we had all week long different events and activities, and I'm grateful for um, for those who participated, it's fun to be able to say, again, let's, let's connect as a church. And because we're a little bit larger church, it's hard to do a, you know, a camp out and just say, let's go camp out together as a church. It's tricky. Um, and everyone's schedules are wild, so just let's do it um, local. And let's just do events and activities together. And some of you went golfing, some of you went played bunko, some of you did rafting. Um, it's great. And we had to get to all come together and celebrated this time. I do want to just highlight the fact that I love this church, and I love your willingness to just say, let's try something new, and let's do some things differently. Let's have some fun together. Um, I really want to be a part of a church that's fun, um, because it's fun to laugh. It's good to laugh. And I've said this in other environments before, that it's important for us to not take ourselves so seriously. Um, We want to take God seriously, but in order to take God seriously, we can't take ourselves so seriously. And I'm grateful to be a part of a church and, and a part of a staff team that uh, really embodies that and embraces that value. In fact, I brought a picture of our staff um, earlier this week when we were doing One Epic Week. The staff said, hey, we have to have a party too. So the staff, said, the staff put together a little party. So this is one of our staff meetings, a number of our staff together. We did like a beached Hawaiian theme uh, lunch together, and it was great uh, just to be able to enjoy and say, hey, we love working together, and we're excited for um, what we're doing as a church, but we also get to have fun being together as a team. So I'm grateful for the team we get to work with. Here's one more picture. This was after our Wednesday night live event. This is not all the staff, but this is a number of them that we got together afterwards. This is, for many of our staff, this is right after they did synchronized swimming. So if you're there, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but if you weren't, just trust me, it was great, and they survived. And so this is a, just a fun picture. Grateful for the team, the extra effort that they put into the week, making it happen. Our elders recognize the extra effort that the staff puts into a week like this, and actually all summer long, the different events and activities. And so the elders uh, approved um, uh, a day for the staff tomorrow. Actually, the office will be closed tomorrow. So it'll be an extra day for the staff to just rest and recuperate. And then on Tuesday, I'm putting them back to work. So... Um, <laughs> 
grateful for the elders and their generosity in that way and for our staff to just really go all in together and then to have that little break. So I'm grateful for all of that. Now, um, this is an opportunity for us to worship, and we've been, this summer, if you've been along with us, you know that we've been going through a series called My Verse and My Story, where each week we've had a different uh, person just share about how uh, there's a passage in Scripture that's been significant to them, and they've shared why it was significant, and they've shared part of their story of how this, this God's Word in us has changed them. And we, we say that a lot around here at South Hills Church. God's Word in us changes us, that God's Word is transformative. And so this summer we've had an opportunity to hear different testimonies, stories of people's lives where they've encountered God's Word, and it's changed them. It's why we encourage you on a daily basis to engage with God's Word, uh, because we know that God's Word in us is, can transform us, it can guide us, it can lead us. And so it's been fun to be able to hear from different people to share a verse, a passage that's been significant to them. But as we wrap up our summer and this series together, what I thought I'd do is just pick a passage that I think is, um, if I was to poll this congregation, if I was to poll you and say, hey, what's been a significant verse for you or a significant passage, um, I guarantee this would be at the top of the list. It would be number one or like top three for sure, because this is a verse that for many people that you have grabbed onto, it's been a significant verse for you. It's been a powerful verse for you. Um, but even if it hasn't been for you, what I'm hoping today is that we would look at it and that as a congregation, both individually and together, we would say, let this be true of us. Let us be a church that says we are listening to God's guidance through this passage and let it be a marching orders for us as a church and as people going forward. And so that's what I want to do. Once, I see, once you see it, you'll, you'll, you'll likely recognize it if you've been around, and if not, you're in for a treat because it really is a very powerful passage. The passage is found in Proverbs chapter 3, Proverbs chapter 3. So if you have your Bible, I want to invite you to turn to it. Um, if you have the very large worship folder with all the songs printed and everything, because we are ready for outside um, with no screens, um, somewhere in there, tucked in there, you'll find some notes. And if you want to find that as well, you'll find the passage printed as well as some notes that you can take along with us. But once you find it, let's please stand in honor of God's word. We'll read this passage and then uh, we'll take a look at it together. Proverbs chapter 3, uh, beginning of verse 5, it says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. Okay, that's it. Have a seat. So good. And I know for many of you, this is a very powerful passage for you. Uh, it comes to us in the book of Proverbs, and Proverbs is primarily a book about wisdom. That's what it's about. And much of Proverbs is written by King Solomon, who uh, is known for his great wisdom. And, and there's so much, it's so rich, uh, this book itself. The book of Proverbs is broken into two parts, and I'll just kind of point them out for you. Um, its first part, chapters 1 through 9, are really wisdom talks. That is, there's longer speeches and discourses. Maybe you're a kid and you've had a wisdom talk or speech from your parent. That's kind of the idea. There are longer discourses. There are longer speeches. There, there are lectures in a certain sense of, of, of wisdom, uh, often that King Solomon is giving. 
And then chapters 10 through 13, 31 are wise sayings. These are much shorter. Uh, they're powerful. They pack a punch. It's a statement of wisdom that you're like, ooh, I've got to like let this soak in for a while because it's so deep, it's so rich, and it's so, um, so packed with wisdom. And so those, that's kind of how it breaks down. And Proverbs chapter 3 uh, lands in that wisdom talk section where there's longer discourses. And really, it's King Solomon, uh, his speeches, his training program for the young people in his household. Uh, his, it's his wisdom that he is sharing with them. And so much of Solomon's wisdom, by the way, um, is gained and learned by his own bitter experiences. But he wants to train and raise up uh, the, how, the, the young people in his household. So this is part of his teachings and trainings. And for us to lean in and listen to the wisdom of Solomon will, will be very, very helpful uh, for us. There's three different ways that we, we tend to learn. And let me just highlight those ways because it, it'll help you in terms of understanding um, Proverbs and the passage we're looking at. The first way that we tend to learn is by making mistakes. By making mistakes. Some of you are very familiar with that. Uh, Solomon, by the way, was very familiar with that. King Solomon made plenty of mistakes. And so much of his wisdom was gained by the, his own mistakes in his life. And for many of us, we've had that experience. We oftentimes call the mistakes that we learn from in our life the school of hard knocks. You familiar with that school? Some of us are very familiar with that school, okay? Where someone says, hey, you know, the stove is hot. Don't touch it. What do we do? We touch the stove. We're like, ow. And that pain teaches us something. We we are a little bit wiser because we had to experience it. And by our own doing, we learn from it. So there's this wisdom that we learn from making mistakes. There's a second way that we learn. And the second way is by uh, watching others make mistakes. That is, watching someone else touch the hot stove and seeing, oh, wow, they have no skin left on their fingers. And you think to yourself, note to self, don't touch the hot stove, right? You learn by watching someone else. Many of you have learned by watching an older sibling or a friend or someone at work going, ah, don't take that route. It doesn't end well. So you've learned by watching other people. That's part of how we learn. A third way that we learn is by listening to wisdom before you make mistakes, Listening to wisdom before you make mistakes. And of course, this is what um, we all want to do and we all hope for. And in fact, this is why, by the way, uh, Proverbs chapter 3 is such a, a powerful and popular passage or scripture that parents want to give to their kids. Parents oftentimes will pass this along to their kids, read this one, or they'll think about it when they think about their kids. Because many parents have lived long enough lives that they've made their own mistakes and they're like, oh, I want to tell my kids so they don't make the same mistakes I made. Or that they've lived long enough to see other people make mistakes and they're like, I don't want kids to make the same mistakes that I've seen other people make. And what you want ultimately for your children is for them to listen to wisdom so that they don't have to make the mistakes and have to learn the hard way that you have or you watched other people learn, right? Isn't that how it works? That's the parent of, heart of a parent. And so this, what this is, Proverbs chapter 3, it's the heart of a father wanting his kids to listen to wisdom and to stay on that path. So again, it's important for us, again, for us to lean in and listen because what we want together collectively as a church is to listen to God's wisdom and to stay on the path that he is providing for us. And this is where this passage is so helpful in, in, in un- helping us understand how that works and what that, how we can do that. So 
Um, all that said, what I want to point out, um, one other thing here in this Proverbs uh, is that there's something that's very significant when you come to the book of Proverbs, and that is that there's this concept that is constantly repeated in the book of Proverbs, and it's the concept of, of a way or a path, and you'll see it repeated. In fact, it's a central theme in all of Scripture, but in Proverbs specifically, you'll hear repeatedly um, the path of wisdom or the way that you're going, and there's, it's a constantly repeated theme. In fact, you see it here in this passage here in verse 6. In all your ways submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. So the path and the way uh, is a very central idea. And here's why it's important. Because Solomon understands that we can have the best intentions in the world, but if we're walking down a certain path, that path is still going to take us to a certain place, even if that's not the plan that we have in our heart. The path that we're walking, the way that we're going, takes us to a, a destination, and that's important to get. So the principle of the path that we see that Solomon helps us understand that's very, very helpful for us to get and see as well is this. Here's the principle of the path is this. It's the path you are on, not the plan in your heart that determines the place you will go. It's the path you are on, not the plan in your heart that determines the place you will go. And this is true in so many different arenas of our life, that we can have a plan in our heart, but if we're on a certain path that's taking us a different direction of what the plan is in our heart, it will still take us to a place that we never intended to go. So just think about it in terms of our physical health. We may have as a plan in our heart to be physically healthy, to, to eat well, to, to, be, uh, you know, to be vibrant in terms of our health. But that's the plan in our heart. But if the path that we're on, that is the path that we're on, does not include any kind of diet or exercise or accountability, and it includes eating a half gallon of ice cream every night before you go to bed, it's going to take you to a different place than the plan you have in your heart. Does that make sense? So the path that we're on makes a difference. If financially you're saying, hey, by the time I retire, I really want to be, uh, have a, a certain amount of savings so that I can maybe do some of the things I've always wanted to do or travel to some of the places that I've always wanted to go to, that's the plan in your heart. But if the path that you're on right now um, includes habitually spending more than you're saving, it's not going to take you to the place that you ultimately want to go. Does that make sense? If you're saying, hey, I want to have a really great marriage and I want to have a legacy of integrity in, in, in my relationships, but after you're married, if you continue to hold on to the dating app on your phone, guess what? That path can take you to a very dangerous place. Do you understand that? So it's just important for us to get. There's the, the principle of the path. And Solomon is so helpful for us to get that. And he's saying, listen, we have to pay very close attention to the path that we're on to the way that we are going. Then the question is, well, how do we make sure we do that? How do we make sure that we're really, we're wise about the path that we're on? We're wise about the way that we're going. Because even in my heart, if I want something, the path is going to take you someplace. And you know this to be true. You've heard the stories of hikers that go on a hike or people who are traveling and they come to a fork in the road and they think to themselves, ah, I'll take this road. And then you've heard the stories of them getting lost and maybe it leads to like really dangerous places or maybe even death, ultimately scary stuff. Um, was it their plan in their heart to do that? No, they just got to the fork in the road and said, I'm going that way. And it took them to a, a different place. And listen, all of us, all of us here are at a fork in the road. At some 
some, with something in your life, relationally or financially or morally or you know, in terms of your parenting, in terms of your work, you're, we're all at forks in the road. And the question is, how do I make sure that I take a path that leads to a place that I ultimately want to be? How do I have that kind of wisdom? This is where Proverbs can be very, very helpful. So look at me. Look with me at verse 5. This is where he starts. It says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. So Solomon is saying, listen, here's where it begins. Trust in God with all your heart. And then what's the other side of that? And lean not, what? On your own understanding. That's good advice. Trust in God. Don't always trust in yourself. What's the problem, though, with that? The problem is it requires us trusting in someone other than ourselves. And every single day, every single one of us is tempted to trust in our own understanding. Every single day, we are, tr- we are tempted to trust and in, lean into our own understanding versus God and His wisdom and His understanding. So that's just a reality that we have to face, that all of us are tempted in that way. But here's the problem. The problem with always leaning into our own understanding, always trusting in our own way versus saying, God, I need to trust in you and your ways, is that when we trust in our own ways, we lean into our own understanding, it can take us down a path that we ultimately don't want to go down. And it can lead us to a place. And so Solomon is up front saying, trust in God, lean not on your own understanding. What's the problem with leaning into your own understanding? Proverbs 14, let me just show you. Look, look what it says. There is a way that seems right to a man. Again, you hear the way part. There is a way, a path that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to death. That's, that so often we just need to recognize that our way, what we think is right, what things we say, God, this is what you're saying. I get it. Yes, but here's what I want to do. This is my way. This is my path. I'm going to lean into my own understanding. The Proverbs is clear and the warning is there. Guess what? That path can lead to death, can lead to destruction. And so Solomon is just simply saying, trust in God. Don't lean in your own understanding. Several years ago, I took my kids swimming. My kids love swimming. I love swimming. We love the pool. Um, uh, we were in Vancouver at that time, so it's an indoor pool. Um, but we did, we did go swim. We, we love to go swimming. And I remember taking my kids to go swimming. And um, at that time, this is again several years ago, they all love swimming, but no, no one loves swimming more than our youngest son, Levi. He loves swimming. And uh, unfortunately, at that time, he was the only one that didn't know how to swim, but he just loved the water and loved to go. I brought a picture of him. This is a couple years ago. This is him. Cute little guy, right? Um, several years ago, just pumped to go swimming. So this is the, uh, a swimming adventure that we were going on. And so we went to the pool. And at the pool that we were going to, there was this area for kids. So really, it's a shallow area. There was like several steps. And it was a great area for kids to kind of swim back and forth. And they were, um, it was an area that I knew Levi could stand and be above the water. So I'm like, Levi, here's the deal. Stay right here in this kid area. Don't go off the step because if you take a, take a you know, step off the step, you, it's not good. It's, uh, it's, it'll be dangerous for you, right? But for Levi, when he sees the pool, he just saw one big blue watery playground. You know what I'm saying? And he's looking around at his siblings and all the other kids in the pool, and he just wants to do what they're doing. You know what I mean? The way that seemed right to him is, I should be able to do whatever I want to do. I should be able to go anywhere I want to in this pool because it all looks fun to me. Water, 
great, bring it on. But I'm like, Levi, stay right here in the shallow area. He was doing pretty good staying in that shallow area. But at one point, I turned around and I had those little, um, uh, we had some diving rings and those little like diving, uh, like shark things, you know what I'm talking about? The torpedoes. Yes, those little torpedoes. So uh, we turned around and I'm like throwing them to my, to my other kids, get them going, like, you know, wear them out. That's the whole idea. Wear them out so they sleep well that night, you know what I'm talking about? So it's like, <laughs> fetch kids, fetch. You know, so I'm throwing the, throwing the diving, the, the other, get them working really hard, get really tired, come back. So we were doing this, and at one point I turned around, and I'm throwing the diving rings, and I turn around, and there's Levi. And he had taken a step off of the step where the kid area was, and he was uh, in the water completely submerged. And he was kicking his little legs as fast as he could. I could see him kicking, and... uh, (laughs) But he, he could, there was, I mean, he's completely under the water and he had those goggles on, right? So the goggles were there and I see his eyes and they are as big as baseballs, right? He was just like complete panic. And so I just like scoop him up as fast as I can. He climbs up to the top of my head and, you know, I can feel his little heartbeat just going fast. And by the way, mine was going fast too um, uh, because it was like, hey, <laughs> the pool is dangerous. And guess what? He became a little wiser on that, in that moment, right? And here's the deal. This is a, a, a reality for all of us. That for, for many of us, we, we see one thing. We're like, I should be able to do whatever I want to. God, your instructions to me, they feel like restrictions. I should be able to go wherever I want to go, do whatever I want to do. I don't need, you're holding me back from the fun and the things that I want to be a part of and I do. But guess what? God, like a father of like, like me in the pool, sees the fun and the danger side by side. And Levi couldn't see it, and so often we can't see it either. But, we, but, God is, but Solomon's saying, trust in God. He sees the big picture. He sees it all. He knows the right way. But don't lean into your own understanding, just like Levi. Hey, pool, fun. I can go wherever I want to. Danger at the same time. Do you get that? That's the concept. And so the question is, well, how do I make sure that I stay on that path? How do I trust God and make sure that I, that I don't lean on my understanding? Well, part of that is, is what's talked about here in this next verse. It says this in verse six, in all of your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. And in case we missed it, let me just point out one thing, okay? In how many of our ways are we to submit to him? All, okay. In all of your ways, we're to submit to him and he will make your path straight. This is important that we see the all part because we tend to want to submit parts of our life to God and hold on to other parts. We want to say, hey, I'll come to church on Sunday. God, this is great. This is yours. The rest of the week, it's mine. I'll submit to you for an hour on Sunday morning, but then all the other hours of the week, that's me. And Solomon is saying, hey, listen, in all of your ways, it's not just here's God, here's a part of my life, and I'm going to keep the other parts to myself. It's, It's saying, God, all of me, is, is I need to submit to you in all of my ways. That is, in all of your marriage ways, in all of your dating ways, in all of your parenting ways, in all of your financial ways, all of your moral ways, all of your online ways, all of your entertainment ways, in all of your ways, submit to Him. We give it to Him, and He will make our path straight. This is the promise. The other side of it, God, if we, we trust you and we submit ourselves to you, you'll help lead us and guide us. You'll keep our paths straight. You'll keep us from falling into the deep end and getting submerged and drowning and, and leading to destruction. 
This is the promise of the passage. Well, some of you are saying, well, I just don't like submitting. I get it. Who here likes submitting, all right? Does any of us like it? Well, guess what? Here's the reality. We submit to things all of the time. Do you realize that? We submit to things all the time. When you, <laughs> when you uh, get onto an airplane, by the way, um, you are submitting yourself to a pilot you do not know, to a machinery that you don't fully understand, and you somehow submit yourself to that process to get you to some other place, and you're submitting, you're trusting yourself to, to, what, to, to something in that environment. When you go to a restaurant, you are submitting yourself to a kitchen staff that you don't know, a, a food preparation process that you're not involved in, you have no control over, and you're eating food that you do not know where it came from, okay? So enjoy that as we go to lunch today, okay? So... <laughs> We submit to things all the time. When you have a surgery, when you go to the doctor, you go to the doctor, you're submitting yourself to a, you know, you know, physicians that you don't know all their background and all that they've done. You're, you're trusting their process. When you go to a surgery, um, oftentimes you're knocked out. So you aren't on the operating truck table telling people what to do, okay? You're you're, when you're knocked out, you're fully submitted, by the way, to whatever they want to do. And you wake up and hope it went well. That's how it goes. So we submit ourselves to things all of the time. And so it's just important to get that. God, who is sovereign and loving and caring and merciful and just, says, trust me. Submit to me. When we submit to all sorts of things that we don't know their character, we don't know all the ins and outs, but God, who we can know, is saying, trust me. Submit all your ways to me. I'll help you. It'll be better for you if you do. That's the invitation that he gives to us. And by the way, when you submit yourself to God, this does not mean you take your brain out, check it off, and say, okay, I'm just brainlessly following you. That's not how submission works. Submission is intelligent service. That's what it is. So you're submitting yourself intelligently. And guess what? By the way, when you submit yourself to God, Um, It is the smartest thing you can do. It is the wisest decision that you can make. Because I I hate to break it to you or break break this to you, but you're not as smart as you think you are. And you're not as wise as you think you are. In fact, your view of the world is very small and your understanding of how things work is pretty microscopic. But we have a God who stands above it all, who's sovereign in control He's great, and we can submit ourselves to Him. I think that's pretty smart, right? I'll tell you this. When I go driving uh, places, even places, and I've been now in in Kennewick for two years now, and so I'm learning some things. I still get lost, a little confused on certain, certain places, but I'm learning. And there's places that I'm like, I know how to get there now, or I understand this area. But here's what, every single time I get into my car, do you know what I do? I type in the destination onto the GPS app on my phone, even if I know where I'm going. And do you know why I do that? I do that because I've learned to submit myself to the GPS app on my phone because it's smarter than I am. And the GPS app on my phone sees what I can't see. Here's my vantage point when I'm driving, about, uh, you know, 100 feet or so, or, you know, whatever, right in front of me. What's the vantage point of a GPS system on, like an app on your phone? 
It sees all of it. Guess what? My app tells me, hey, there's an accident several miles ahead. I cannot see that far. But the app can tell me that and say, reroute, go a different direction. When I take the app, uh, when I use the navigation app on my phone, um, oftentimes it will uh, help me uh, take a different direction that I didn't, a different path that I didn't know was faster. And I love faster. I love more efficiency. I don't want to sit any longer than I have to in a car. So, oh, you would have a faster route? Great. Never been there? I'm taking it, right? So that's, it's, it's like I'm doing this. They, it, the app can see what I can't see. It knows what I don't know. Listen, in a much greater, grander way, God sees what you can't see. He knows what you don't know. We think we're wise. We think we can lean into our own understanding. But guess what? God's understanding is far greater. And when we submit ourselves to him, when we trust him, he's able to say, guess what? The bridge is out ahead in your life and you head this way. Guess what? You're going into the drink. God's able to say, because he sees and knows so much more, hey, guess what? The path you're on, it's a really bumpy, windy path. I want you to be in a certain place. Here's a much better way to go. God, or, or we've gone off the path, which we've all done. God says, reroute, reroute, reroute. Let me help you. I'll, tell, I'll help you get back on the path. You get that? That's what trusting, submitting ourselves to God can do. He can see what we can't see. He knows what we don't know. That's why we come to his word and we say, God, guide us. We need your wisdom. We need to say God's word in us so that it can change us, transform us, so we can get back on the path that we want to, to be on, the, the path that leads to life. That's what, that's what he offers to us. And here's why this is so important. This is so important for us to get because, I don't know if you know this, and we don't like to really dwell on this a whole lot, but the Bible tells us something that we don't, we don't um, oftentimes like to hear. Here's what it is. The Bible tells us, God tells us, that we're all prone to wander. Do you know that? We're all prone to wander. We're all prone to get off path, to lose our way at different times. But God in his loving kindness says, I want to help you get back on the straight path. This passage is so great because there's a challenge to it, trust in God and submit to him. But here's the comfort. Guess what? I'll make your path straight. You trust me, I'll help you. You submit to me, I'll guide you. You, you trust me, I'll get you back on the right path because all of us are prone to wander. All of us, when we lean into our own understanding, are like my son Levi in the pool and say, deep in, fun, let's go. And all of a sudden we find ourselves drowning. But God, who loves us unconditionally, doesn't shove us down further and say, told you so. I'll hold it in and make you feel it worse. That's not the heart of God. The heart of God is to say, hey, I'm pulling you out. I don't want you to be drowning. I don't want you to go down to a path that leads to destruction. I want to guide you and help you and hold you and lead you. That's the heart of God. But listen, each and every one of us has wandered. Each and every one of us has struggled with our sin and has gotten us in trouble. But the heart of God is to say, guess what? I love you so much. I sent my son Jesus to die on the cross for your sins so that you could be forgiven and so that you can be, have life and have a, a, God lead your life. And that's not a one-time offer, by the way. You know that? It's an ongoing offer of a loving God who wants to bring us back into right relationship with himself and get us back onto a path that's straight. Let's take a moment and let's come before the Lord and let's thank him for that. For some of you here today, this is a moment just as we come to, before the Lord in prayer, just for you to come to him. 
And maybe you're in a spot where the Holy Spirit really is speaking to you. And you recognize you've been leaning in on your own understanding. And by trusting in your own ways and going down the path that you've chosen to go down, it's led to emptiness. It's led to exhaustion. It's led to despair and even destruction. This is a moment for you to come before the Lord and say, God, I trust you. God, I want to submit myself to you, all of my ways to you. And there's things I've been holding on to, and I want to hand it over to you. And ask for your forgiveness where I need forgiveness. Ask for your help where you need help. And ask for him to guide you forward in all of your ways. God, we thank you that you're a a loving father who when you see us drowning, when you see us wandering, you don't leave us there. And the clearest indication that you don't just leave us there, that your hands off, that you, is that you sent your son Jesus to come after us when we wandered, to come rescue us when we're drowning. And we're thankful for the work of Christ, that through faith in Christ, we can find forgiveness of our sins and that we can find hope and healing in the areas of our life that we cannot manage and change on our own. God, we thank you for that. Help us to be individuals and a church that trusts in you, that you would lead us and guide us, and that because of your wisdom that we could, and your grace, we could live a life of meaning and, and uh, impact in a life that honors you. God, we pray this together in your name. Amen.